I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady, reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> I'm reporting for duty, too, Jesse. I just barely made it. We've got two funerals going on, and I'm, uh, I like, I'd like to be able to bilocate, but I haven't been able to do that yet, brother. Hey, Jess, <laughs> I'm Terry Barber, as you know, the Lebanese lover of Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese love of Our Lady, and I'm reporting for duty. And what is that duty? To proclaim Jesus Christ in season and out. Today, Jess, you picked some humdingers. Uh, Father Chad Ripperger, and I just to let everybody know, he's coming in March along with Bishop Snyder, uh, no, no, Bishop Joseph Strickland and the, all the guys from, uh, from from Father Chad's group. I think and, it's the first time they're going to meet as well. Yeah, so face it'll be a face, good, yeah, which will be good. Yeah, this is important. We still have yeah. about, I think we're 60% sold, so there's still people that can get in if they call the 877-526-2151. Or go to VMPR. You can still register for that event. But we've got Father Chad talking on one of my favorite topics, and one of the favorite topics of Fulton Sheen, and that is communism, evils of communism. And Jesse, we're also going to talk about, this is a sad case where the Pontifical uh, Life, Pontifical, um, excuse me, Life Academy, which is supposed to be holding the line to moral teachings on, on marriage and family life, their top moral theologian is claiming that Hermana Vitae is he uses the word reformable. Well, you know, Jess, <laughs> those kind of guys, we need to uh, inform that this is not teaching a teaching that can be uh, changed, and we're going to demonstrate that. They need an early retirement, too. Well, I was going to say something better. I, I thought an island to go to and do penance for their, their The rest of their teaching. life. Yeah, I really... And, Jesse, that's charity, in my opinion. Yeah, for being false prophets and for preaching a false gospel. Exactly. And for uh, the... the, the Again, what's uh, what's the definition of heresy? The yeah. Pope baptismal denial that's right. of a, of an of an article or doctrine that. of the faith, yep. and that's what they are, Terry. And they, they're 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 material and formal heretics. You got they know it. What they know what they're doing. Yeah. When, just so everybody knows, when Jesse uses that word material heretic, that's that they, they might not know it. Okay, uh, because we know. can't judge them on knowing it, they but know. they should they know. know it. When you're a cardinal, uh, a bishop, <laughs> a priest, if you don't know what heresy is. <laughs> Then uh, I really question your, yeah, I question your intelligence in the sense of not being able to comprehend what the church teaches. Okay, we also have a great topic, Jess, about the miraculous medalists. Oh yeah, Saint Maximian Colby calls them his silver bullets, the conversion medal. Let's talk about the people who have had conversions using these sacramentals. But before we get to all that, yep. Jess, you go ahead and give me updates. I haven't had a chance to give us my my good to know file today because I've been a little busy. Hit me. Uh, let, let me do some soul food first, and then we can... I love uh, yeah. it. Soul food. Yeah, let me do some soul food first here. Uh, today's Gospel, John chapter 5, yep. verses 33 to 36. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Amen. Here's what it says. Jesus said to the Jews, You sent emissaries to John, as John the Baptist, and he testified to the truth... I do not accept testimony from a human being, but I say this so that you may be so that you may be saved. John was a burning and shining lamp. And for a while you were content. You talk about you Jews were content to rejoice in his light. But I have testified, but I have testimony greater than John's John the Baptist. The works that the father gave me to accomplish these works that I perform testify on my behalf that the Father has sent me the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
let's break down some of these phrases here in today's uh, Holy Gospel where our Lord is talking about the testimony that uh, that can be provided for him. It, the ministry of John the Baptist is a uh, was a precursor to the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But in the Old Testament, over back in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 19, verse 15, the Jewish legal tradition is that it required at least two or three witnesses to sustain a claim in a court of law. Well, Jesus is saying here, I got a list beyond the required number by law. I got John the Baptist testifying for, uh, for on my behalf. I got my miracles that testify on my behalf. Mm-hmm. I got the Father who testifies on my behalf. I've got the, the Old Testament scriptures that testify on my behalf. I've got Moses that's testifying on my behalf. All of these, all these five witnesses bear witness to my divine authority and mission. Mm-hmm. Also, our Lord talks about uh, that, uh, that John the Baptist, and he, both of them, are burning and shining lamps. The ministry of John the Baptist lights the way for Israel to see and to accept their Messiah. Much like Elijah back in the Old Testament, he was also depicted as a fiery torch for the for the uh, for the Israelites to bring them back to Yahweh. <coughs> uh, but all in all, Terry, Jesus's work, according to today's gospel, his work was to do the will of the Father. Amen. And one of the things that Jesus Christ did that nobody else has ever accomplished, he performed miracles in his name by his authority now somebody will say well hey just moses and elijah perform miracles that's true but they perform miracles using god's name jesus christ performs miracles on his authority ergo he is god exactly. incarnate the the matter is settled case closed <laughs> well said all right well let's bring the smartest guy into the room archbishop oh ahead and you know i want to just Make a recommendation. Maybe next week we'll do it. Catholic World Report has an article about the transparency and mystery of Venerable Fulton J. Sheen's postponed beatification. Guess what? <laughs> he was supposed to be beatified December 21st, 2019. We, we, I think next week we'll cover that article because it's very insightful. I think you and I, Jesse, have had a uh, what our nudge is going to be proven right by this article. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But here's what Bishop oh, yeah. Keen has to say. No man can be happy on the outside who is already unhappy on the inside. If a sense of guilt weighs down the soul, no amount of pleasure on the outside can compensate for the loss of joy on the inside. Jesse, I just want to bring a comment. Bernard Nathanson had the largest abortion clinic in the Western world, and I'll never forget talking to him, and he being a Jew, not a practicing Jew, but hmm. he converted to Catholicism, but he told me deep inside he knew what he was doing was wrong. See, but he kept blotting it out. He didn't want to deal with it, and he was a very unhappy person. And when he became a Christian Catholic, and that baptism took place in his own soul, Yes, he went out and tried to make restitution by promoting a pro-life vision, but he realized something inside that brought joy that he had never experienced. And I just think that's what any sinner, we all get that when we go to confession. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine someone killing 75,000 babies? I think of this, those people like Pelosi and Biden. Wow. Are you kidding me? Deep inside, can you imagine the wickedness that goes on in their soul 
and maybe they realize it and maybe they don't. I don't know. But the point of it is just when you repent and believe, it sets you free. Amen. Yeah, without a doubt, Terry, these people have made uh, they made a contract with the with the devil. They have psycho psychological compatibility with the demon of death, yeah. as Father Ripperger would say. Uh, but Terry, go, going on to somebody, uh, kind of a good news item of I somebody who's a fighter. It. Yeah, is Cardinal Zen. He's fighting back. The former <laughs> Archbishop years of old. the former Archbishop of Hong Kong, <laughs> Cardinal Joseph Zen, has filed an appeal with Hong Kong's okay. High Court following his conviction last month. Okay for failing to register a fund that helped pay for the legal fees and medical treatments of Hong Kong pro-democracy protesters. The 90-year-old Zen has been an outspoken critic of the Chinese Communist Party, publicly allying himself with dissidents despite the brutal regime's threats. God bless this man. Hey, Jesse, just a quick note. He's dressed in red for a very good reason, isn't he? Oh, oh He's yeah. He's willing to lay his life down. He could have left... Hong Kong, and never had this happen to him. Exactly, But he didn't. You know why, Jesse? Because he embraces his cross as a follower of Christ and a successor of the apostle. I hope and pray his example will, will ignite some of our hierarchy to do the same. Amen. Here's another good news item. Texas will finally begin construction on a massive wall along its border with Mexico a year after Republican government Greg Abbott vowed to finish the projects undertaken by President Donald Trump. He said, quote, more border wall is going up next month, Abbott announced Tuesday. It took months to negotiate with private property owners on the border for the right to build on their property. He added, we now should be building more border wall all of next year. That's a, that's a good news item. Yes, Here's what another, about, what, what about yeah. the good news about the judge that took Biden's idea that he was going to have all these guys come into the states, you know, these Mexican uh, people coming into the country, and the judge said, no, 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 they have to stay in Mexico during the time of uh, deliberation. Did you hear about that? Yeah, that's a good news item. Okay. C common sense. Here's another one. Anti-sex trafficking activist praises Elon Musk. Oh, yeah. Eliza Blue, a sex trafficking survivor and victim's advocate, has been working with Elon Musk to scrub Twitter of illegal sexual content, something critics say, uh, say that pre-Musk Twitter executives failed to prioritize. Good change. Yeah, he says, I've been in close communication with Elon Musk, uh, she said of the new Twitter CEO, who has vowed that keeping child predators off the platform is its top priority. Awesome. Here's, here's one more good news item. The District Court for the Western uh, District of Washington has ordered a settlement of a lawsuit filed against pro-life journalist David Delighton over his public records request for documents relating to the University of Washington's handling right. of the body parts of aborted babies. The settlement dictates that the UW will provide numerous internal records about agreements between the university's medical research programs and Planned Parenthood as well as other abortion facilities. That is a pro-life victory, victory for David Delighton. And boy, has he been persevering. Oh, God. Hey, when we come back, Father Chad Ripperger talking about spiritual warfare and communism here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be back in a quick moment. Hit it, Jess. Communism, front and center. There are two people. Well, there's a couple of people that they have their voices of clarity on the issue of communism. Obviously, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, yep. Father Chad Ripperger, 
Dr. Paul Kangor. He's a good man. I would call these three prophets, uh, three Catholic prophets that are warning us about the dangers of communism. We got two little clips with Father Ripperger on his take on communism. And I like the what he does. What he does is he compares communist behavior yep. to demons. Which is again beca- Because, again, he's... He's been involved in exorcism for 16 years, and so he's, he's, he's studied the behavior uh, of demons very carefully. And, and, and these short little videos that are two, three minutes long, he talks about the similarity of behaviors between a demon and a communist, which again, it, uh, it shows you that communism is a diabolical governmental system. Mr. Engineer, can you play the first clip? Here it comes. That was our Eucharistic clip. There it comes. Because demons do not have bodies, they don't get tired, and so they don't sleep. They don't need to sleep. And so they're constantly watching what is going on in this life that is in this world. In other words, because they have, uh, they don't they don't sleep, they don't need to sleep, and they're constantly thinking, their focus tends to be on this world because they're trying to undermine God because this is where God is active. In some cases... The demon is constantly watching a particular individual. In other words, you can have demons who spend virtually all their existence or uh, current existence uh, watching just one individual so that he can constantly observe what graces God gives to the individual, what his habits are, what his tendencies are, you know, what his gifts and talents are so that he can tempt him and manipulate him by that knowledge. In other words, he's trying to gain knowledge to have power over the individual. Communists set up vast spy networks and train people to spy on each other and and to narc on each other. We saw this just recently with COVID where uh, people who are in charge of certain parts of the government were encouraging the various citizens to narc on each other in relationship to the COVID breaches of the COVID lockdown. Again, the ultimate goal is control. There is no true privacy with demons. Demons are watching us, right? They they can't understand. They can't, they don't know our thoughts. And so in that sense, they can't know what's going on, but they can, they're watching us externally. And so in relationship to demons, uh, there's no privacy in relationship to them, ultimately, unless God blocks it, of course. With communists, they want to strip and remove all forms of privacy except that kind of privacy which promotes sin, disorder, and their activities. There is no true privacy, although they claim privacy when they want to be able to do some kind of evil activity, and they don't want other people to know about it. That's the first video I want, we want, want you to listen to. Again, Father Ripperger's talking about the, the similarity of behavior between demons and communists. And uh, this video is called Surveillance, the way demons surveil us, but the way communists surveil us as well. Why am I bringing up these videos? Why are these 47 videos relevant? Very relevant. Because communism is coming into America through the Democrat Party. We've been warned about this by Baladad, uh, Leon, uh, uh, I forget his last name, Skionin, who wrote the book, The Naked Communist. Uh, there was a senator uh, that got, remember Terry got demonized back in the yeah, 60s. Yeah. Uh, McCarthy? 
Yeah, McCarthy. In fact, people when you lie, they call you McCarthy, McCarthyism. Yeah, he was absolutely. <laughs> now we see he was absolutely right, Terry, about the communism was yeah. infiltrating the government back uh, what in the sixties and seventies. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we also have uh, the prophetic voice of Fulton Sheen, who wrote more about and spoke more about communism than any other bishop. <clears throat> That's why he hasn't been canonized. I think, I agree. And, and now we have Father Ripperger baking, taking up the mantle. Dr. Paul Kanger, yeah. a, a few, uh, another friend of ours, Terry, uh, from uh, Overpopulation Research. Oh, Stephen Mosher. Stephen Mosher. There are some, because Terry, a lot of these guys, a lot of these very smart Catholic men, yeah. they know that this is, the, this is the, the system that the Antichrist is going to use against us. So they're starting to study communism in light of God's word, in light of the demonic behavior. And they're warning us because this, was, this is going to be the final showdown. Oh. There's an old book that I have in my, behind me in my shelf. It's an old tan book, one of those books written about 100 years ago on the Antichrist. Yeah. Uh, I probably could grab it in the break. But the priest there, 100 years ago, who wrote about the Antichrist. The Irish priest, I, I remember I, that. I remember this one sentence that he wrote. He said that the government system yeah. that the Antichrist would use... Uh, in the final days would be communism. He wrote that book when communism was just starting. It was in its infancy. And, and Terry, that's why these these uh, videos that Father Ripperger has put out, uh, 47 videos, are relevant. I, I like what he says here, that communists set up vast spy networks just like demons. I mean, demons are always studying us. They just watch us. And communists do the same thing. They try to spy on each other. Uh, they, they, I mean, they spy on us. And, uh, and again, the ultimate goal, he says, of communists and demons, he says, is control. Yeah. Control. Yeah. Jess, just on the practical level of that uh, video, for myself and for yourself, for everyone, and that is he's making the point about privacy and that the demons are watching us and they, and they attack us because they know where our weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. And I hear men tell me, I can't believe it. I'm having this sin of whatever it is, of pornography. Yeah, it could yeah. be, you know, anger and all that. And I go, dude, did you not? What did you think he was going to, uh, uh, what do you think he was going to attack you on? Uh, uh, something that you you don't have an issue with? Of course right. he's going to go after your weakness. That's what, that's what, you're in a battle. So what do you need to do? Work on the weaknesses in your personality and your, in your own life. And so how do you take care of those problems? By, attacking them with with truth and with the gospel with virtue see this That's is right. why people yeah. it's really not that sim- it's not that yeah. complicated yeah. yes yeah a uh, father ripperger he's told me uh, the many lectures that he's given that i've sat on his lecture he says that he says that the reason why there's so much diabolical activity and so much diabolical affliction upon people here in america he says is because it's a lack of virtue he says jess as soon as i build up the life of virtue in a possessed person, the demons leave, the demons go away. Yeah. In other words, he basically says, I teach them how to clean their interior life. Once that happens, he goes, the demons leave. It's, it's simple. He goes, force field, baby. Yeah. (laughs) He says, sometimes they'll, sometimes the demons will leave when the person just reorients their life back to a life of grace and, uh, and, and prayer through their, through a, through a strong interior life. The demons will leave before I even get to the final exorcism. Awesome. Yeah. Let's listen to the, the, there's a second video. It's uh, father Ripper talks about the pervasiveness of communism and demons. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? Demons can only attack if God permits it. But normally speaking, the attack, whenever he does permit it, is moderated. In other words, demons are on a very short leash. However, at times, people's experience is such 
that it seems like they are under constant attack. And so it seems like the demon is constantly there. God is still moderating the, the, the demon, but it's a sign that God is trying to build up a certain virtue in the individual. Even how evil the world is becoming, some people have observed that it seems like the demons are almost everywhere. But this is not true. Demons aren't under every rock. They might be under every other rock, but they're not under every rock. And the point being is, is that they only can influence us to the degree that God permits. However, that doesn't mean that from time to time, God will not allow demons to be to attack an individual in such a manner that the person's experience seems like that it's constant. It seems, it seems almost to the person that God is not there, God's not helping them, when in point in fact, no, he's, he's still got the demon on a leash, he's just letting them do certain things. Communists try to make one think that their, uh, that their influence, the things that they're promoting, the lifestyles that they're promoting are ubiquitous. They want to give the impression that what they're promoting is everywhere. This is true in relationship to homosexuality, in which they appear all over the news media, in movies, on TV, on the internet, so that it seems like there's far more many of them than the reality of the actual statistic. So the point being is that it seems like they're everywhere. The same is true of the LGBT movement. They're constantly parading these people up in the news media. It seems like these, th these people are everywhere. It's also the same thing in relationship to the writing. It seems like it's going on everywhere and everybody's talking about it. When point in fact, it's actually confined to a certain groups and areas, even within a particular city. But that doesn't mean it won't continue to spread if nothing's done about it. Demons do this in order to demoralize the person and make someone feel like he is a victim and so that they will give up, that they become hopeless, that they can't crush this thing. In other words, demons constantly attack in order to get you to give, to give up. Because they are under constant attack, they don't feel like there's anything they can do, and so they might as well surrender. Communists do it for the exact same reasons. Wow. Yeah, that was a powerful uh, hey, hey, Jesse, connection, this, Terry. Let's let's carry this on to the second. I know we got this other topic, but okay. you've got a lot to say because I remember watching that video and I was like, wow, this is very important, the points he's making. Continue, Jeff. Yeah, there's a couple of things that jumped out at me there. He says that demons can only attack if God permits it. Right. We, we see that from the book of Job chapter 1. Remember, yeah. it says the devil went and asked God permission if he can tempt Job. And if he can persecute Job and, and Job and God said, yeah, you can, but you can't kill him. Yep. And so, again, that's the theology of the church. He, he, even a demon is bound by God, even when it comes to temptation. I also like where he says, uh, he, where he says that they can only influence to the degree that God permits. He says uh, that doesn't mean that God won't allow a demon to attack an, indi indiv an individual in such a manner that the person thinks it is, the person thinks it's content is constant because again, uh, because none of us likes to be harassed by a demon, but God gives them only uh, a certain amount of degree, and he only allows that so, be, so we can grow in virtue. That's the whole thing. God is allowing demons to tempt us, torment us, vex us, annoy us, so that we can grow in virtue, which is holy habits, holiness. Amen. That, that, there's, there's a it's like a sparring partner in boxing. How does a boxer get better? He spars or a wrestler. They work out with guys that can kick their butt, okay? Exactly. And that's how the wrestler and the boxer get better for their actual competition. They've been wrestling in the mat or boxing in the ring with a guy that can take them out. 
So when it comes to fight time, now they're going, man, this chump in front of me, this guy that I'm going to wrestle in front of me, man, I've been wrestling with the state champion. I've been wrestling with the CIF champion. This guy's a chump here. Uh, again, it, it, because you've grown in skill because of who you've been wrestling with or who you've been boxing with at the gym. That's the same thing with demons. God uses these demons as our sparring partners, as our wrestling partners, so that we can struggle, we can resist, we can fight. And this way we grow in holiness. We grow in virtue. Well said, Jesse. When we come back from the break, just I want this point being made. He talks about victimhood that people think mm. oh i'm just a victim yeah talk about that when we come back because you know people get so depressed and the devil goes hey man my perception is they think that they're, they're done they have no hope but you see that's victimhood that we want to avoid how do we avoid it when we come back jesse has got a good message for father chad on that issue and much more on the terry and jesse show on virgin most powerful radio stay with us family we're going to be back for the quick break Wow, we're back with the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse, Father Chad Ripperker, every time I watch his videos, he stimulates me to fall deeper in love with Jesus mm. Christ mm. and his church. Why? Because he goes back and really makes it quite simple that we're, we, are, we are living spiritual warfare, that life is a spiritual warfare, and that exactly. we need to continue despite the good fight. Jesse, the point I was making about what Father, Str uh, Father Chad Ripperker talked about victimhood and how people give up and saying, oh, it's, everybody's against me, I can't do this, and they lose their faith. Talk a little bit about what Father Chad says about that. Yeah, he said at the end of the video, he says that, so he's, he's comparing the behavior of demons and communists, and yes. he basically says that the behavior is the same. He says demons, and also communists, yeah. what they do is they tend to try to demoralize people and make people feel like victims, yep. and they make people feel like giving up. Yep. And he says that demons constantly attack us in order to get you to give up. Well, same with communists. So because a person is under constant attack, they don't feel like there's anything that they can do and they just surrender. Yeah. Uh, you know, they get they just concede to possession or just concede to obsession, oppression, or they just concede to the communist dictates. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so communists and demons work on demoralizing people to the point of depression, to the point of surrender. Well, how do you fight against that? The way you fight, well, Father Ripperger says, he says the, the number one reason why people become afflicted by demons he says is they don't know their faith so what's the answer we've got to know our catholic faith what does that require we've got to study our catholic faith and know our catholic faith the next thing father ripperger says that lifts a person up from depression and despondency and from uh, from being having a melancholy spirit is they have to now reorder their life and they've got to get rid of the bad habits those, those, because those are impediments to grace. Bad habits, sinful habits, they're impediments to the grace of God. In other words, they're blocking the grace of God from entering your soul. So once you remove the impediments, you remove the, the, uh, the vice. That those are bad habits, and you replace vice with virtue, good holy habits, that lifts depression. So there's two things you have to do. Study your Catholic faith, in other words, as St. Paul says, renew the mind. Once you study your faith and know your faith, 
then the next thing you have to work on that's going to make it easier for you to pursue a life of holiness, which is a life of holy habits or virtue, that lifts depression. That does not make you feel like a victim. That makes you feel like a soldier for Christ. And that makes you feel like throwing a victory lap when, when, uh, when, when you get out of confession. Well said, Jess. Let's move to our next topic. Pontifical Life Academy touts contraception. This is top moral theologians are claiming that humana vitae is reformable, but not infallible. What do you say, Jess? Unbelievable. Great article by our friend Jules Gomez uh, uh, from Church Militant. Yep. Uh, uh, the priest is a leftist. Father Maurizio Chodi mm-hmm. stated that Humani Vitae, like any encyclical, including Veritatis Splendor, is an authoritative document, but with no claim to infallibility. Uh, so Father Chiodi, who's also a professor of bioethics at the John Paul II Pontifical Theological Institute for Marriage and Family Sciences, stresses that both Humani Vitae and his predecessor, Cassie Canubi, are, quote, in the realm of doctrina reformabilis. In other words, reformable doctrine. Here's what they're going to do, Terry. They're already planning on it. They're already waiting the ground. They're setting the stage. They're setting the stage. They're going to basically nix. They're going to abrogate Humanae Vitae, uh, which is what they've already done. They've already done a good job of just hiding that document for the last 40 years. And never never talking about it. Now, they're just going to basically strike it down is what they're going to do, like what they did with the death penalty. And I'll tell you why. Tell me, Jess. Because the death penalty is clearly taught in the Old Testament by Bible verses, and they had the audacity to strike that down in the new catechism and the new updates. And so uh, the issue of contraception is not clearly taught. It's implied by the, the sin of Onan. It's a strong implication, but they're going to say, we can't find a Bible verse that says thou shall not contracept, and therefore, uh, because of the times that we're living in, we're going to strike it down. Mark my words, these modernists, is exactly what they're going to do. Well, Jesse, let's just be honest. A couple of years ago, the John Paul II Institute for the Family was dissolved. All those good it people. It was destroyed. Because they all were pro-life, pro-family, pro um against contraception with supporting Hermione Vitae, they had to get out of the way for this. and They got, they, were all, they were all fired by Pope Francis. That's right, just the facts. And one yeah. more thing that, that I think is important. All these people who are these theologians have something in common. They don't believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, Jesse. Exactly. I mean that because they say things like, well, you know, St. Paul, or this was written back way back when. It doesn't apply to us today. You know what, Jesse? That was condemned by the church. It's called modernism. Yeah, these they're all modernist, uh, and uh, we've been warned about them. But yep. they've right now they've got, as they say, in 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 a time of war, they've got the high ground right now. Uh, and so right now they're uh, Pope Francis. I remember he he told the young people early on in his pontificate to come into the church and make a mess. Yeah. Guess what? That's exactly what the modernists are doing. Yep. They're making a mess. And, and Jesse, our response is, just to reaffirm everybody listening, that these perennial teachings of the church for 2,000 years have been taught. No pope, no bishop, no cardinal, no council, nothing can change what we call the deposit of faith. That's right in Vatican II. So when you hear these yeah. things like this, don't, don't get that—you know what I say? Make reparation. Make sacrifices. Yeah. I, I joke with people, Jesse, last week I just got back from my long trip from up in northern Nevada— and I didn't put the air condition, excuse me, the heater on. It was like 22 degrees out. And why did I do that? Just to make myself a little uncomfortable for our leaders in our church. I prayed and make that sacrifice for about a 10-hour drive. Mm. Yeah, I was a little cold, but you know what, Jess? Uh, 
if I'm going to talk and, and call them out, I'm also going to pray for their, their, their souls that they will stay loyal to church teaching and by making little sacrifices. So it's a combination. It's a one-two punch. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's easy for me to do penance because I got neuropathy right now, exactly. which is which is nerve damage. So I just constantly offer it up for the Pope, my bishop, this priest here, uh, the pains that Biden. So hey, so uh, yeah, I'm on I'm on a perpetual uh, offer offer it up mode. That's but a good uh, yeah, punch. Father Father Chiodi, again, uh, they're just uh, a lot of them. Terry, the, the modernists, with their they're very impressed with their credentials. I can tell you that. And right. this is what it, it they have. It's called a, uh, like you know, they become um, they become full of hubris. They become full of pride. Yep. Uh, it says here in in when while Pope Paul the Sixth Humanae Vitae, nineteen sixty eight, declares sexual intercourse, which is deliberately contraceptive, as something which of its very nature contradicts the moral order. Pope Pius the Eleventh Casti Canubi, nineteen thirty, condemned contraception as intrinsically evil. Father Chiodi argues that the vast majority of theologians insist that the authoritative teaching of an encyclical does not belong to the infallible magisterium, even though a number of theologians were quick to claim that the teaching of Humanae Vitae was infallible. Father Chiodi offers warmed-over fallacies and misstatements <laughs> that, have been, that have been looked at and refuted at a hundred times over. Oh, yeah. Uh, quote, this does not legitimize, uh, Father Chiodi says, hastily substituting one's own idea with the teaching of the magisterium, claiming for oneself an invalibility denied to the magisterium. The bioethics professor, Father Chiodi, clarifies. But it does open up here. Here it is. Here's, here's what they always use. It, always, it opens up theological discussion within the church mm-hmm. and even the possibility of dissent. There it is. Both for the individual believer and the theologian. So he's already preparing the ground. This is what we're going to do. Yep. We're going to dissent. But distinguished <clears throat> distinguished ethicist Dr. Michael Pakaluk told Church Militant, quote, that the teaching, quote, the teaching that artificial contraception is inherently wrong has been taught without exception by Catholic authorities throughout all centuries of the yeah. church. It certainly is infallible and irreformable. Quote, all of the teachings of the ordinary magisterium in faith and morals are infallible and irreformable. Dr. Pakaluk, professor of ethics and social philosophy at Catholic U, clarified. And here's the big one, Jess. He asked if asked if Pope Francis has the authority to change the doctrine of his predecessors. And he says, he explains how Father Chiodi, Father Chiodi yeah. explains how new developments in theology would allow us to go. One step further. Wow. See, this guy's... Modernism. Exactly. Modernism. This does not contradict Himanavite, really, but adopts its spirit. Oh, they speak like spirit. They had to use it. They always bring in spirit, yeah. the spirit. Without taking a norm literally. Jesse, you know, I, I don't mean to be feel sick, okay? But when I see people in the church trying to water down the church, I've seen it for most of my life, yeah. and it makes me sick. Because you know why? Jesus Christ said this, and it's right in the Bible, that the road to heaven is narrow and the road to hell is wide. So don't think that we're just going to be compromising and making things easier. Because what compromise does is it sends you straight to hell. And I'm, that's all I have to say. Yeah, let's go right to the last paragraph uh, with the last few minutes that we have here where it says endorsing homosexuality. Oh, this is terrible. 
Father Chiodi, whom Pope Francis had appointed an, an ordinary member of the Pontifical Academy for Life in 2017, yep. has argued elsewhere that it would be an, an act of responsibility to use artificial contraception where natural methods are impossible or unfeasible. Wrong. Commenting on homosexual acts in 2019, Father Chody said that it is impossible to give prepackaged answers, quote, as if all practical answers could be immediately deduced from an anthropological theory. Yes, they can. Sorry I know, about that. we yeah, agree, we disagree on them. Yeah. So Father Chody argued that under certain conditions, a homosexual's relationship is, for that subject, the most fruitful way to live good relationships. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially, yeah, especially of a stable relationship is the only way to avoid sexual wandering or other forms of humiliating and degrading erotic relationships. This guy is there. This guy's out. He's to right lunch. there. I, I would question where, where he really stands on all the issues of the church. He needs to be told to step down because he made a promise when he was ordained, but, uh, Jesse, to, to follow the teachings of the church. And he's, he's not breaking them that. all. That's it. Reflecting on the interview, Andrea Grillo, professor of sacramental theology at the, Pantif- uh, the Pontifical Athenaeum of St. Anselm, dismisses, quote, the question of infallibility for every proposition of Christian doctrine as an exaggerated form of ecclesial thought and identity. So you have another mo- modernist weighing in. Yep. Professor Grillo also criticizes, quote, one of the most contested passages of Humanae Vitae, where the exercise of responsible paternity is restricted to the use of so-called natural methods. Uh, well, Terry, all I can say is this pray uh, institution, yeah. pray for them, do penance for them. Yep. It's uh, the Pontifical Life Academy is run right now by bad people hey, called that, modernists. That's a fact. And we come back with we'll some inspiration about the miraculous metal and the conversions that are taking place. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. The Miraculous Medal is such a powerful sacramental. November 28th is the Feast of St. Catherine Labore, whose supernatural visions from the Blessed Mother gave us the Miraculous Medal. And upon presenting the medal to St. Catherine, Our Lady said, quote, Have a medal struck according to this model. All those who wear it will receive great graces, especially if they wear it around their necks. I shall bestow many graces on those who put their trust in me, close quote. Uh, uh, there's uh, eight real life stories here <laughs> of uh, the way people have been supernaturally impacted by the miraculous metal. And some of them, as a result of that, had to become Catholic. These are some good news stories. Then we'll get into some old traditional stories that some of you have probably know about. Uh, we, we can talk. I'll talk about uh, a Claude Newman story. He was a death row prisoner. He converted back to the Catholic. He converted from Protestantism to the Catholic faith as a result of being given a miraculous medal, or, or finding it in a, in a prison. Oh no, giving it to, by another prisoner. He gave it yeah. to him. We'll talk about uh, the famous Jewish Jewish atheist uh, Radisbon oh. uh, and his uh, uh, Alphonse Radisbon and his miraculous conversion. <laughs> I also have other conversion stories of a possessed person who was given a miraculous medal, yeah. and the person immediately that was liberated from demonic possession. Uh, all kinds of stories, but let's let's talk about some of these stories, Terry, on the article well, and their comments. Go for it, Jesse, because I, yeah. I I'm at the edge of my seat, especially okay. the one who was on the spiritual warfare. Oh, oh, you're gonna one. like I've, that I, one. Of course, I think I've. You know okay. what, Jess? You know, people can read the article. Let's just say the miraculous <laughs> medal is a uh, sacramental. I wear it. 
uh, I wear it. I wear it. Consecrated to the yeah. Blessed Mother. Yeah. Saint Maximilian Colby would give these out as uh, as uh, spiritual bullets when we have our spirit when we have our evangelization. Well, that's covers. what he called them, spiritual bullets. Yes, yeah. he did. And I'm going to be giving out miraculous medals to people who come to the spirit to the evangelization conference on the 14th awesome. of January. And I'm going to give you a homework assignment to give out at least 10 medals to friends and family because. We need to evangelize. So, but Jess, I love your storytelling on this. Okay, let's turn it over to you. Okay, brother. you're gonna you're gonna like some I of these stories that. here. I know okay, that. I'm sitting back, brother. Yeah. Now here's a uh, here's two particular individuals that come to mind. Yeah. You got Saint Maximilian Colby and Blessed Mother. I mean Saint Mother Teresa now of yeah. Calcutta. Yeah. Before Saint Maximilian courageously gave his life for, for another man, he started a movement, and Terry knows about it because he's been part of it since he was a young man. That's true. It's uh, this organization known in English as the Knights of the Immaculata. Right. And so he made the Miraculous Medal the insignia of the group, and he had each member wear the medal. That's why Terry's been wearing it for decades. <laughs> he said it was a silver bullet against evil. St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, known for her charitable work throughout the world, she called it the Medal of Charity. Uh. And she gave it out by the handful. She said that the medal is a sign that God loves each and every individual at each and every moment of our life. Okay, now let me go to St. Catherine Labrie, and then I'll get into the, this de- demon it. possession story. Love it. The images on the medal were designed by the Blessed Mother herself. And they were spoken to St. Catherine Labrie. Our Blessed Mother, the medal shows that rays are coming from some of her fingers which demonstrate the graces God gives through her to those who ask and are open. It shows that she's Our Lady, mediatrix of all graces. The Trinity flows through her, and the graces flow through her hands to the world. You'll notice that there are some fingers where no rays are shown. Mary said said, said that this is to demonstrate that the graces are not given because they're not requested of her. That's just another reminder of Matthew 7, 7, ask and it shall be given to you. So some fingers have rays coming out, some don't. She said the ones that don't have rays coming out is because people are not requesting them from me. Let's go into the story of demonic possession, the miraculous medal. Okay. Yes. This is a letter from a Catholic missionary in in Macau. Uh, I think that's in, in Africa somewhere. Back August 25th, 1841, true story that's documented. So there was a widow who had been brought up, been brought up as a pagan. She had only one son. One day she saw him coming under the power of the devil. She, in other words, he came home, he was possessed. Everybody fled from him as he wandered through the fields, making fearful cries. And if someone dared to grab him, the boy would immediately throw the person to the ground. The poor mother was full of pain and sorrow looking at her son that was possessed, but God had pity on this unfortunate mom. One day, the boy was more tormented than ever, not knowing where he went and brutally repelling all who drew near. In his wanderings, he came upon a Christian who animated by a lively faith and seeing that the devil tyrannically mistreated the unfortunate boy, told those who who were close by to leave. So this, this young man said that only he was able to calm him down. He said, hold him and return him to his mother. 
The manner of speaking surprised the pagans. They warned him of the danger of this possessed young boy, but they led him on with what he was going to do. This Christian missionary carried a miraculous medal and took it into his hand. Drawing near to the possessed boy, he showed it to him, ordering the devil to leave him alone and depart, which happened immediately. The boy, seeing the Christian with the medal, threw himself to the ground before this image without knowing what it was. The pagans, who had watched him from afar, were astounded. The Christian missionary then said to him that he should rise and follow him. In this manner, he brought him to his mother's house. As soon as the boy saw her, he said, quote, Do not cry, mom. I am free. Wow. The devil left me as soon as he saw this medal, close quote. Imagine the joy of the mother upon hearing these words. I mean, she didn't know whether or not she was dreaming. And this Christian missionary certified the truth of what the boy was saying. And he told her what had happened. And the missionary also added that the son would be free forever as long as he renounced idols and became a Christian. And so the young boy sincerely promised to do so, and both of them began removing the false gods from a sort of altar that they had at home where they kept it, and they entered the Catholic Church. God be praised. Jesse, give us, I'm going to, I'm, I'm taking the Bible with the barbers uh, myself after our, another six minutes, and I'm going to tell some more stories on the metal. I want to hear a couple more that you have, because I'm going to have a whole hour, we're going to be talking about uh, the, uh, the Bible and, uh, you know, conversion go ahead sure well let me share one last one a claude newman on death row you gotta tell that one so this is a black this is a black prisoner he's a kind of a lukewarm protestant uh and he's on death row so this is a story that you're all gonna love okay so uh claude newman inmate on death row in a mississippi prison you know under the democrats uh what's it called the the jim crow laws when 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 there was racism under democrat rule in this country uh this inmate had an apparition of the Blessed Virgin Mary in his jail cell. And he said this, quote, she's the most beautiful woman that God ever created, close quote. And uh, and before he died, by the way, this is kind of funny. I know it sounds funny, but he asked for a party. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, this is an unusual story, but about miracles in faraway places. But this happened right here in America, good old Mississippi. Okay, so this is a story of a young African-American, Claude Newman, who knew next to nothing about God. Claude Newman was sentenced to death for shooting his beloved grandmother's abusive second husband. He's on death row. As As he waited on death row, he chanced upon a miraculous medal of Our Lady of Graces, and he was attracted to the trinket. It hung, it hung, and he put it around his neck. Another prisoner had it, and another prisoner threw it on the floor. He picked it up and put it around his neck. He was intrigued by it. And that did it. Again, that same night, as he lay on his cot, waiting for execution, he saw a light come into this room. He said it was the most beautiful woman that God ever made appeared in his jail cell. She told him if he wished to be her son. And he said, then call a Catholic priest. Claude's story is, again, it's a marvelous tale of loving mercy conversion salvation and glory and yes he called for a catholic priest and he even asked for a party before he died <laughs> i love it uh, I, I mean can you uh, imagine 
so so Claude Newman talk about hope Terry oh, yeah. I mean I, I really believe that times are coming when miracles like these are going to be happening a lot more often yes. closer to the second coming of Christ oh, yeah. but again this story gives me a lot of hope and and even more love for the blessed mother yeah. she appears to a lukewarm Protestant on death row are you kidding me Amazing. And, and I'll tell you the reason tell me. why I share this story it's because all of us should be wearing the medal of Our Lady of Miraculous Medal and consecrating ourselves to Our Lady because the Blessed Mother, she did this for a prisoner on death row. She changed his life and now he's in heaven. And guess what? She can change your life. That's right. And she wants you to get to heaven and she'll assist you in all your needs. This was 1943, Terry. This was when there, when there was racism. Yes. Again, Claude noticed this medal hanging around the neck of a fellow prisoner. He asked the man what it was. The guy cast it to the ground. He picked it up, put it around his neck, and the rest, Terry, uh, the rest is it. history. He called a Catholic priest, and uh, he said, he said what really, he thought it was a ghost. He says, he goes, no, this was a woman. Yeah. This was a woman. And uh, the man lived, he died in a state of grace, uh, even the sheriff was all shook up. His last request, he said to all my friends before he died, he says, well, all my friends, I know you're all shook up and the jailers all shook up, but you don't understand. I'm going to die. Uh, uh, only this body is. I'm going to be with her, this woman. So then I would like to have a party, close quote. The sheriff was shocked, but consented and even allowed Claude's fellow inmates to attend. And so on the morning of the execution, <laughs> Claude was full of joy because he mentally prepared himself. Yep. And they had a little party with other death row inmates and, uh, and, and, and people were crying. And, and Claude Newman was saying, don't cry. Don't cry. I'm going with this beautiful woman. Wow. You know, those are the stories we need to hear. And that's why I, I tell people at the 14th of January, we're going to have a spirit, uh, the conference on evangelization with Johnny Romero and myself. Please come. We'll have miraculous medals for everyone to give out and share the gospel. We, we have to get out of our, our, our little shell in the sense of getting out and sharing the gospel. Listen to these stories. They can happen over and over again. Yes. Jesse Romero, what state should we be living in, brother? Once again, uh, do not live in a state of mortal sin. Live in a state of sanctifying grace. We're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. And as right. the Bible says, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Get holy or die trying. Yep, and stay with us because I'm going to be doing the Bible with the barbers. And I'm going to be talking about the Bible and the sources of evil in the sense of what does the Bible have to say about the demonic? And mm. it will be a, di a, a good Bible study here. Stay with us. Also, uh, don't forget, Our Lady of Fatima said it. Souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Please pray and make the sacrifices that are necessary for the salvation of souls. You can participate in that. You, mom, dad, everyone. Stay with us, family. Go to vmpr.org. Get our free app and you can hear the next show.